This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Noom uses the latest in proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom, N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living, available to buy now, wherever books are sold. My name is Dana Carvey, and I feel stupefied about being Conan's, O'Brien's, best friend. I, what the hell happened there? Can you I had an air bubble in your brain. Can't, well, I was thinking best or friend. I can do it again. No, no. Well, I like that one. Yeah, because I feel stupefied. <laughs> I just have a cool word. Fall is here. Hear the yell. Back to school. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, joined here as always by my stalwart companions, hey. Sonam Obsession. Sonam, how are you? I am doing very well. And uh, Mr... Matt, do you, do you ever go by Matthew or is it always Matt? It's, it's Matt, and this is, I think, the third or fourth time we've covered that. <laughs> what about Matthias? Oh, German? <laughs> yeah. We can do that. You want to try that? Want to try Matthias? Matthias. Matthias Goli. Matthias Goli. He could be Matthias Goli. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, <sighs> we should discuss quickly that you've had a milestone. Sona, you're. Your twins are now one year old. I kept wow. my two boys alive for a year. <laughs> well it really done. does feel like that. I'm I not remember I remembered my wife saying the same thing about our daughter, Nev, when she hit one year old. My my wife turned to me and said, I kept her alive for a year. Yeah. 
it I so I completely understand that. Yeah, especially now when you're you're not there's two of them too, so you're not always looking at them. And then sometimes you'll look over and one will have a full on twig in his mouth just eating it, or like you know a, a rock that they're just eating. Once where do they I, get a hold of these twigs and rocks? We, are they are you in the house or outside we, of the house? We are chill you, outside. You're feeding your kids twigs yeah. and rocks. <laughs> well, one that's time, not the twig I gave you to eat. <laughs> one time I was in the same room with them and they opened up the glass sliding door and they crawled outside and I didn't know until I heard Mikey squeal with just laughter and I I look over and they're not in the house oh at all. God. They've just fully crawled. I was in the same room with them. So this is why and I'm really excited. Then you hear a car start up. They hotwired. I wish. Oh, road trip. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. It'll always make me laugh when uh, either a little child wanders off camera and there's a pause or an animal wanders and then you hear a car start up. <laughs> it just I always always cracks me up when a puppy rounds the corner and then you hear a car start up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But your your feelings toward Charlie haven't gotten any better and I think that you... I have you, beef with Charlie. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's been months and he's a one-year-old but every time you're like, how's Mikey doing? I'm like, I have two kids. I, and, I intentionally only ask how Mikey is wow. because Charlie didn't laugh when I was doing my shtick and man, was I working it. He wasn't going for it so I decided, all right, uh, I'm just... We're not, this isn't happening. He's dead us. to you. He's dead to me. He's, wow. He was so little. He was a little baby. So what? Okay. He dissed me. Wow. And uh, it's up to him to make, it's up to him to settle the beef. That's <laughs> He's going to drive to your house <laughs> and settle it. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's Thank a big you. deal. Thank you very much. I know. But now I'm, they can move and yeah. walk. I remember because it's, I remember very clearly when you told me that the babies had been born. Because mm -hmm. in the womb, I didn't know what to call them. I called them Rub and Tug. You did. We've, we've never really discussed this, but you called my babies Rub and Tug. Yeah, because they didn't uh, have names yet. And then you said, I've given them these great old ancestral Armenian names, Mikey and Charlie. <laughs> when you guys saw them, did you just say, this one's a Mikey and this one's a Charlie? You had those names ready to go? No, no. I, I think someone handed Tack the paperwork and he panicked and just put those two names. I'm not even kidding. We didn't know what we were going to name them. And then he just wrote there's those names down on wait, the birth certificate. Wait, what? what? That's how, the, that's how you came up with the name? I've discussed those names. We, we talked about certain names, but we hadn't settled on them. And then I walked in and he's filling out paperwork. And he, I said, are you writing names down? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, which, which names He also wrote writing? down their religion as Islam. <laughs> oh, I panicked. I just wrote Islam. Hey, for city of birth, you wrote Akron, Ohio. I, I just panicked. <laughs> Wait, this, these aren't their footprints that you put in there. Oh, I know, no. I panicked. I used our cat's paw print and our gerbil's footprint. I just panicked. He did. You said right here, occupation astronaut and oil speculator. I panicked. I panicked. I thought I had to write something, so I wrote it down. I would love that if all these crucial things yeah. were handled by... Hey, our kids are going to the what, military academy? <laughs> they're only, I panicked. I panicked. I just, they're going to West Point. They're five, Tack. Can you believe they do. got I in? Pan I panicked. <laughs> I panicked. Oh, man, it is. It's fun. And, and Glenn's not far behind because she's exactly three months younger than the boys. Yeah, so she's, she's nine months she's now. nine months. And so. acting every day of it. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> I wasn't around for the raising of my children. Oh. No, no, that's probably the best. I had a <laughs> <laughs> I had a career to tend to. You have uh, a podcast to tend to. Now. Exactly. You're drawing. I, I said, I know. I'm drawing a little guy. You did them a service. There's a rap sign for you. Thanks a lot, there, buddy. Yeah. Well, we have a. Uh, we don't have a lot of time today, right? Um, because our guest is so spectacular that we will not be uh, having a little segment later. Yeah. We're going to just devote the entire podcast to this gentleman. And when I say his name, uh, you'll understand exactly why. Uh, my guest today is an absolutely divinely hilarious comedian uh, who was, of course, a cast member on Saturday Night Live, now co-hosts a podcast with David Spade called Fly on the Wall, available wherever you get your podcasts. He's also working on a new scripted podcast for Team Coco called The Weird Place. Love this, with episodes coming soon. I'm very excited he's with us today. Uh, my good friend and always a comedic inspiration. Dana Carvey, welcome. Oh man, I thought of this thing today. Uh, I just thought of it a minute Come. ago. When Wait, you I were... have one, something I want to say. Oh, okay. See, five. Full foodio. Someone's got a podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. My stupid meter is blowing up right now. I know. It was way into the red and it just blew up. Go That's ahead. right. You, what do you think of the place we have here? Uh, it's the greatest place I've been in a podcast studio. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm not. The lighting in here and the dark blue, it's like a spaceship. It's so casual. There's giant windows. It's <laughs> over in a hidden part of LA, a shitty part of LA, so probably got it for a song. Got it for a little nothing. bit of a I love shitholes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I love the casualness of a place that needs work. It was abandoned when we found it, and we didn't even buy it. All we did was squat here, and then we yeah. got eminent domain. I saw a varmint in in the garage. Careful, that I, guy works for I us. I named it Love It. It was right, like okay. a cockroach. <laughs> it was a squirrel fucked a cockroach. <laughs> and it looked like Johnny L. <laughs> like, like Do you keep up with John Levitz at all? Oh, yeah. Hello. Jealous. kind of, John is a happy guy most of the time, unless you, unless you start talking about why the liar movie didn't get made. <laughs> What do you? <laughs> 1985. Well, be... Every other character was made into a movie except the liar. Why? He will tell. Well, I don't know. You know why? Because it was funny. That was, <laughs> that was John's great thing when sketches would get cut. They don't like it. Well, really, you know why? Why? Because it's funny. <laughs> That's why they don't like it. You remember he yeah. used to come by the writers and I, when I was working there, mm -hmm. and he would pitch us on this uh, a catchphrase. He always wanted a new catchphrase. Oh yeah. Do you remember what they were? <laughs> oh God. Get to know me, right? Get to know me. <laughs> like he had a character that would just every three seconds say goodbye, everybody, goodbye. Yeah, do you remember? He yeah. invented the Hershey. You guys talked about this. Oh on the shit! This is the problem. Goodbye, right, everybody. Goodbye. This is the problem. It's okay. Don't go worry down? about it. We'll, listen, we'll right out. I'll listen. Right I have we'll early edit. onset dementia, so this is <laughs> brand new to me. So your name's Dana Carvey, is Dan, it? Dan Garno. Last time I checked, my wife and I got <laughs> lost in a park. In Northern California, and we got so silly that we would ask people, uh, excuse, excuse me, we have early onset dementia. Do you know where the park is? <laughs> well, you're in the park, motherfucker. <laughs> Doing a little Jack Nicholson here. We are the goddamn. Do you know the movie, The Last Detail? Yes. And I the do. quotes from it. 
I don't know all the quotes from it. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. For your I listeners, because I love do. it so much. Jack Nicholson is in a bar. He's a, sh- he's a Navy Shore Patrol guy. He's bringing right. Randy Quaid as prisoner, and the bartender's giving him shit. And he goes, I'm going to call the Shore Patrol. This is the bartender. Mm-hmm. And Nicholson says, we are the goddamn Shore Patrol, motherfucker. <laughs> and then he takes out this giant gun, and he says, this ain't no horse's cock. <laughs> And nothing's ever better. So, oh my God. My friend and I, Larry Bubbles Brown, when sometimes we'll drive to gigs, touring kind of, mm-hmm. and we show up and sometimes they go, Are you with the show? And that, <laughs> we are the goddamn show, motherfucker. <laughs> Jack him up against the wall. Listen, squirt. And we'll do that for hours. Jack him up against the wall. And instead of a gun, what do you take out of your pocket? Like, it's just like my hand miming it, like I did here. Right, right. For you listeners, or maybe this will be a clip on YouTube. You never know. I just think in my head, clip, not a clip, clip, not a clip. <laughs> I'm not at the age where cameras are friendly, because it's like, is he young? Is he old? What is You look he? very good. I need, to I, get, I need to look a lot older. You are, uh, <laughs> look, you have always been a very youthful looking fellow, and you are proof that how you feel influences how you look, because you look very young. Thank you, Conan. You do. I met you in 88, 1988, and you mm-hmm. were quite youthful then. And you mm-hmm. were actually quite youthful. I got carded by not a mentally ill person who spoke English at age 53. <laughs> Boom! In Vegas. Oh. I had a baseball cap and a turtleneck on, and asked for a straight vodka and some Bazooka Joe gum. <laughs> no kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I go, what is this guy? <laughs> no, I like being older. It's better, but I, I'll be, it'll be cool to just be really old. Like, wanna, just long gray hair and just be weird. Well, also, I want to be a burden on people around me. I kind, <laughs> I, I kind of am now. But I but I actually do look forward to yelling at people to carry me to a toilet. You know, just really dreary. <laughs> looking at her. Yeah, it's going to be know, Sona. Yeah. No. Sona! I'm busy. Sona, I got to go number two. Sona! Oh, I'm busy that day. And then I just make my body limp and, and lean over a little bit like she's going to have to carry me. Oh, oh it gets no. twisted. My sweet mama went to the stars. Aww. She was in a place. And there was a woman in the place, and it was 10000 a month. You're using all these euphemisms. She was in a place, and then she went to the stars. Uh, uh, yeah. I, when someone dies, I say they went to the stars, because, you oh. know, we're all made of stars, which I wrote a song called that before Moby did his song. But everything in you was a star. <laughs> Didn't, and no, then it right, came, yeah. blew up and got here. These atoms became you. And then you'll go back to being a star. And you are a star in between. <laughs> star to star. <laughs> but you, you guys can use it. I think it feels more positive. Oh, he went to the stars. I like and I've it. said that to That's people nice. who are in mourning because I say we're all going to become stars again. I'm more of a <laughs> we will molder in our graves guy. Oh. You know, that's what I am. <laughs> Why? Are you going to be, well, let's get to it. Are you, are you going to be cremated? Because I know a guy. I got a guy with an oven. I don't want to do it just now. I like a guy. I got a guy. Does he have a crematorium? Not really. (laughs) But he burns stuff and he'll burn you up. I like when people start a sentence like this. Don't take this the wrong way. (laughs) But you're being a little morbid. Anyway, uh, no, go to the stars. Listen, this has been really fun. Uh, Why are you wrapping up? Put that piece of paper away. I'm going to take that away. I can't have paper in front of me. You're such a fidgety guy. I know. I have to say, you've come a long way because the first time you and I did a podcast together, yes. you came with all these like Venn diagrams of bits and notes shtick. and stuff. And now yes. that you've been doing your own podcast and you're a seasoned 
seasoned no, vet. I didn't know. You show up and you just are yourself, which is such a delight. Now, you were a delight last time, but mm. you kept, before we did the podcast, you were like, which one should I do? No, but what comment, do you think? Number seven? Number 17B? Number explain this to the listeners. <laughs> I literally, we did the deep dives. Yeah. I literally didn't know what a podcast was. Right. And I've been doing a lot of clubs with my kids. So I had a lot of leftover fragments, which are great for podcasting. You don't need a real beginning, middle, or end. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was doing. Right. And then later on, I was listening to more podcasts and went, that's not what podcasting is. <laughs> it's the show before the show before the show. My observation is that when you've spent years and years and years trying to think of, okay, what are we going to do? What's the order of it? We got to rewrite it. Is it going to work? Right. Planning, getting ready, audience loads mm -hmm. in, you go, you get one shot at it. And then podcasting so is this whole other world. And I'm constantly saying to Matt and Son, like, okay, what are we going to, let's think about what we're going to do. And they're like, no, man, you don't think about it, man. You just start talking <laughs> yeah. and no one gives a shit, man. It's jazz. Like, what is that? It's what? jazz. <laughs> he it's says, jazz, man. man. No, it's right. I mean, look, if Sinatra was around now, he would come out, he would take his hair piece off. <laughs> this is the real me, kids. Right. And I'm going to talk about how I got a cyst on my ass and, you know. <laughs> I mean, and we, all the magic would be gone. Do you want me to sing? No, we don't want you to sing. We want to know. I mean, would you rather see Neil Young? I actually, am I rambling here? No. 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 So I'm. We yeah. have a ramble light. It'll go off. And that's okay. It's a podcast. You so can here's what yeah. happened. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's jazz. It's so, the words you don't say. So yeah. <laughs> so I I think it was the Fillmore West or something. This is like in the 90s. I'm backstage right. or maybe the 80s. I'm in, in San Francisco to see Neil Young. And then I hear uh, Dana Carvey come backstage. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dana Carvey, because we, we'd all interacted with Neil a little bit. So I go back down this long tunnel, and he's in his big motorhome, and he's cooking pasta. <laughs> and he goes, you know, maybe you could do a few minutes, you know, because this pasta is going to kick in. And <laughs> it's going to kick in. So I got to do a few minutes. So I had a bit I did in stand-up in 1980, which was, you know, it's hacky, but it was fun. Neil Young sings after the gold rush, but it's a hamburger commercial. Oh, I want to hear <laughs> well, it. Well, yeah. I dreamed I saw the golden arches <laughs> in the yellow haze of the sun. There were burgers frying and I ain't lying. So that, oh, so I, they said, ladies wow. and gentlemen, your hero won't be up. They pushed me out. Here sure. comes Dana Garfo. And so I, I did that. It's always, no one ever gets my name right. No, Dana Garfo. Yeah. It'd be like, Kirky, uh, brah, brah. So, so then I sang that a cappella with that go. And they're like, hey, okay, did that. I bet that killed. Don't say, uh, I bet that killed. Yeah. It did, yes. Yeah, there you uh, go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, it's my brand. <laughs> I killed. No, but then 10 years later, my kids are in school up there. Yep. Guy comes up to me, hey, man, I just got this Neil Young uh, bootleg album, man, and you're on it. <laughs> so what? that song was recorded. I was oh part of a bootleg God. album. That's fantastic. And that is the Neil Young Burger King story, whatever, McDonald's. But anyway, 
We'll be right back. Okay, We're here with yeah. Conan O'Brien. <laughs> this is uh, this is also you know, I, I know that you love I know that you love uh, Kevin well. Nealon and one of my favorite things Funniest Kevin guy. one of my favorite things Kevin Nealon did uh, on the talk show and all the writers loved this is that he mm-hmm. and I are talking he's doing really well he's killing and then there was just a little lull. You and Nealon are very self conscious of a lull like oh no oh there's a lull something has to happen <laughs> yeah. and so you know you'll always come up with something or say like you know you'll do some shtick because you can't have the silence. So that mm-hmm. it just gets quiet just for a fraction of a second. And Neil, Neil and went, this is on the TV show. Where is our waiter? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin has the best, driest throwaways of anybody, I think. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm a dancing puppy. I, I, I have to have laughs and I have to kill or I think I'll be dismissed. I, I have to repeat this. Um, there was a- <laughs> It's a disease. There was kind of a- There was kind of a- Dismissed. There was a private- uh, I, I don't. I don't think. I mean, I, there may have been cameras there, but I don't think it's going to be repeated or anything. But it was part of the Netflix comedy festival, mm-hmm. and um, they asked me to host this thing for Norm Macdonald, and a bunch yes. of people spoke. Mm-hmm. And everyone was saying really great stuff, and a lot of people were funny. But man, Kevin Ewan had the greatest line because we were a lot of us were talking about how brave Norm was, and he really was. He was mm-hmm. fearless as a comedian. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin Ewan gets up and he says, "You know, he's saying very funny things," and he just says, mm-hmm. "You know." Um, a, a lot of people uh, up here are talking about how uh, Norm Macdonald was uh, was brave in his comedy. Uh, I think of it more as a lack of judgment. I <laughs> <laughs> was just like, oh my God. That, is, that, is, that was the best line of the night. Yeah. yeah just, uh, just bad judgment, I think. Uh, <laughs> Norm had that gear of not caring or wanting, like he would walk rooms. I know Larry Bubbles Brown, a friend of mine from up north, Norm worked a bit and... Uh, he would he could clear the room, San Jose Improv, like at least three hundred people slowly walked out. <laughs> so it's bravery or or whatever. I, I worked with him at the comedy store once. It was just one of those nights. Bill Burr was there. It was just mm-hmm. a and he just he just said the word cock like two hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> Right. This guy's got a cock, right? And a cock. He just knew how funny it was to say that yep. over and over and over. So, of course, the comedians love that kind of comedian. We're right, all right. dying. Right. But the audience kind of, where do, where do we go with this? And he just went, there's only one norm. <laughs> You know, Scotty's cares about the environment and has strong values they stand behind. Plus, Scotty's facial tissues are super soft, strong, and absorbent, and easy on the wallet. Whether you've got allergies or just a case of the sniffles, stock up on Scotty's facial tissues so you can stop wiping your nose on your sleeve. Isn't that disgusting when people do that, Sona? I just don't like that. No, I don't like it either. I like I like to wipe my nose on your sleeve, oh, but that's... not my sleeve. Yeah. Well, my sleeve is made of Scotty's tissues, so that's a... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. That's a very cool fashion statement. <laughs> Hey, and stop offering guests toilet paper to blow their nose into. That's disgusting. Hand them a Scotty's facial tissue instead. You can find Scotty's facial tissues that come in beautiful box designs. Put one in every room. Why not make your guest feel like a king or queen? Hmm. If someone offers me a tissue, sometimes people say to me, Conan, would you like a tissue? I say, is it Scotty's? And if it's not, I just swat it away. Oh, okay. Scotty's is better at what counts. For more information, visit scottysfacial.com. A lot of beaches out there, but only one beach is the beach. Why did your voice change? You heard me. Only one beach is 
the beach. <laughs> Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Say it with me. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Mer- you didn't, that's just oh, a phrase. Sorry. You don't have to say it with okay. me. Uh, Myrtle Beach is 60 miles where you belong. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? Everyone always talks about Myrtle Beach being the best beach. So much so that people refer to it as the beach. Yeah. The beach is where your best self comes out. Myrtle Beach has 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline and endless things to do on your trip. You love to eat, oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, I know the answer to that one. There are over 2,000 restaurants serving up fresh seafood, southern classics, and low country cuisine. Love music? Who doesn't? Live music is the soundtrack to the beach, or as I call it, the beach. <laughs> There's live music every night of the week, all year round. Plan your trip to the beach at visitmyrtlebeach.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time, don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. love it when, uh, and one of the first people I saw do this live um, was Gilbert Gottfried, who mm-hmm. also sadly recently passed. God rest his soul, which yeah, I, well, I like to say that. Yeah. Well, he's a star now. He's went up to the stars. <laughs> well, I, a good friend of mine died and he was from Brooklyn and he always used to say that. So my mother, you know, a really good friend, my mother, you know, God rest his soul. My father, God rest his soul. <laughs> and I thought it was such a nice. Yeah, but what if you're talking about historical figures, you can't. You can't say like, so anyway, George Washington, God rest his soul, is meeting with my great-great-great-great-grandfather's soul. soul. And then he turns to Paul, God rest his soul. And uh, then, of course, God rest his soul. You know, I used to, I thought of a- Satan. You know, fuck that guy. I thought of a- a, (laughs) That's the only one. That's the only one you can talk about. Satan, fuck that guy. But anyway, uh, along comes Jimmy Stewart, God rest his soul. And the horse he rode in on. (laughs) God rest his soul. If he had a horse. I- uh, Go ahead. There was a Saturday Night Live sketch I never wrote, but I used to I used to act it out all the time, which is um, this boxer, and he's like from Central America or something, but he's very religious. Yeah. And so he's 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 got a fantastic, fant- he's so fast and he's so strong and 
he's just an amazing boxer. And they're going over the tape to see why he keeps losing. Mm -hmm. And every time before he throws a right, he has to cross himself. <laughs> and, oh, so, and so yeah. it was just, and it's the guy saying, you got to stop doing that. And he's like, no, no, I can't. <laughs> you know, oh, so God. every time he goes to throw a right, <laughs> he has so to great. cross himself. And then he gets nailed. That never became a sketch? No, no. Is there's that... a lot of those. There's a lot that I would just do literally in the mirror. I would do. Um, yeah. I would do uh, bits mm -hmm. in the mirror. And that's actually a lot of sketches that I end up writing mm -hmm. were things, were nonsense that I would just do in the shower. Speaking of the crossing thing, I was flying with my wife's Irish nephew and you know, I'm a horrible flyer. Mm -hmm. I don't trust the premise, but uh, <laughs> uh, being in the tube eight miles up. And he goes, oh, I have no fear of flying. I go, well, that's great, you know? And so we're about to go down the tar and I see him cross himself. I go, well, uh, what is that about? <laughs> what, do you, what do you got to cross yourself? There are for? no atheists in foxholes. Uh, yeah. when, when push comes to shove, everybody will, if this is going to give me one one thousandth of 1% of a chance, I'm going to cross How myself. How Catholic are you? I, it's baked into my bones. To the point that you believe in a higher power? Well, that's getting super personal. And uh, I see okay. what you're doing here now. Well, let me check my notes. <laughs> I, did, I used to do a bit about this. But I did I, say we all molder in our graves. Did you but, go every Sunday and did you go to- Oh, that's how I was raised. I would go every Sunday. Catholic. School, yeah, Catholic. Yeah. And, and I went Got through it. the whole thing. My kids were raised Catholic. They so were they, or they weren't? They were totally super Catholic. Did, but wait, were you going to church with them or were you rolling yourself uh, a, let's not a get jazz it. cigarette let's out on Let's not the... get carried away here. I thought you so. And I'm to the big guy with the loincloth thing, okay? <laughs> so the savior has a, looks like a surfer with a 12 pack. Is that sort of something? <laughs> I love it when you almighty, become okay. when you become Dennis Miller. It makes me so happy. It makes me happy. I actually am wittier as Dennis Miller. You know, when Incredible. I was I was scared of him at SNL. I was frightened of him because he was kind of intimidating. He wasn't super warm and fuzzy, and he was always sort of looking at you out of the corner of your eye, like who's this guy right here? And what was <laughs> his nickname for you again? He always oh, has a nickname, Coco. Or I think it, Coney. I, it wasn't. No, it was Cone. I think it was. I think it was like Conesy Wonesy, and he was Conesy. like oh, Conesy Wonesy, and I would say something innocent like, oh, you know, I'd be over the craft service table and I'm like a 22-year-old pimply kid and I'd say, um, there's extra salmon over there if anyone wants it. And he'd be like, well, he'd take it the wrong way. He'd think somehow that's me taking a shot mm -hmm. at him and go like, oh, comes and won't he taking a shot at old Denton, huh? <laughs> well, the Duke's come up, you know, and you're like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you there's salmon here. <laughs> the Duke's come up. Yeah, he was just <laughs> like. Nothing good happens after someone saying Conesy Wonesy. Wonesy. It's like, it's like, well, 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 look what we got ourselves here. <laughs> but nothing good happens after that. Dennis is a brilliant comedian. Yeah, he's got crazy mind. crazier references than anyone I've ever met. The most yes, specific yeah. references. Yeah. I've read, I've mentioned the Christo one, right? I think on the podcast. Did I ever mention that one? Uh, I was, remember when he he had it for a short period of time, he was doing uh, NFL football. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he was doing color commentating on NFL football. And people were saying, is this going to work or not? Because, you know, you've got all these massive football fans. And then you've got this very intelligent comedian there doing references they may not get. So I'm there and I'm watching football and Al Michaels <laughs> yeah. is, and they're, they're talking about some player on the sidelines mm -hmm. and they're wrapping up his foot. And <laughs> Al Michaels is like, oh man, they're going to, they're wrapping up his foot right now. It doesn't look too good. You know, looks like they're, they're going to be down one offensive lineman or something. And Dennis Merrill goes like, last time I saw rapping like that's when Christo did the punt noof. <laughs> What? And the, the, art, the artist, the artist Christo who raps things yes. had no. rapped 
something had had you know he like wraps in giant structures and he did those the, orange flags in the park yeah or, and right? and so Christ, christo yeah. had wrapped at one point the pont neuf is like the small <laughs> island that's in the center of paris <laughs> so you need to know that who christo is you need to know that pont the pont neuf is the island that's just south of the ile de la cité <laughs> A tiny little island. And so you're sitting there and you got your beer and you're watching football. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they're taping. You know, last time I saw that much rampings when Christo did the Pont Neuf. And, and my, if I'd had a wig, it had been, it would have been spinning on my head. And you can just hear Al Michael say, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get back let's to get the, back uh, to, uh, he'll break it down that when he does the references, the first one is a big tent reference. Then the second one is a smaller tent. Third, by the fifth one, no one should really get it. Yeah, it's like Russian know. dolls. When you finally get to the last reference, yeah, it's uh, something nobody knows. His classic that always stuck in my head was, I haven't seen choreography like this since the Lee Harvey Oswald Princeton transfer. <laughs> <laughs> and his early stand-up, you know, like Craftmatic uh -huh. Ben, what's that all about? <laughs> Sleeping in a Craftmatic, you know, it goes up in that V, you wake up and you go, wait a minute. Did I blow myself last night? <laughs> you can be blue on a pot. Can I get one of those you waters? Wanna, you want yeah. a seltzer yeah, water? Yes. Do you, oh. do you push a button? They'll hear it Because I don't want to go in. too yeah, hard Right on now, that. 75 people in a special chamber are hearing you say, I might like a yeah. LaCroix water. And should not get people and get listening one. to the podcast are oh. clicking 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. <laughs> no, not with you. They're not. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Don't you no. have notes? You don't need notes with me. I just me. was trying to look what your name was. Oh, yeah. There you are. Dana, Dana, Dana Carp. Dana My newest Dana impression Kofi. is you can do if you want. <laughs> what? Teach me one. Greta Thunberg. Oh. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> That's it? That's it. <laughs> How dare How, you? You got it. How dare you? How dare you? A 14-year-old telling the whole planet about climate change. How dare you? Some guy's drinking a beer watching the Detroit Lions getting admonished by a Scandinavian. Okay. <laughs> uh, right out of preschool. She's got the information. Okay. You, See, I got that. Last was time all we, were, we were talking, you had a redneck comedian that you were working on. It, yeah. It, and I, li I love that guy. Red Rednecky, the redneck comedian. This is under Here we the, go. This is why under, can't you come up with? Why can't you? You know what I love? <laughs> Thank you. You know what? You know what really cracks me up is that. Uh, uh oh, here we go. Here and it's it's, it's not a, it's not Lacroix. No, no, we can't promote them. Even though <laughs> a little bit of an adult beverage, <laughs> a little Bud Light. <laughs> I want them to think I'm drinking. <laughs> oh man, that looks good. I that was one of those. Things I just wrote down on a card once because I like the idea of, of uh, redneck comedians or red rednecky the redneck comedian. I had nothing else because <laughs> I like Southern comics. I think uh -huh. they're brilliant. Yeah, you know, Foxworthy and those sure, guys. Yeah, yeah. So this is like a really bad guy who would like to be part of, you know, the cable guy. Oh, what, what was his you know what's Larry, Larry the, the Larry the cable, cable guy. guy. You yeah. know what? Yeah, yeah the, have you ever seen early earlier footage of Larry the cable guy? Yeah, he's, he's Dan, like, his he's, name's Dan, and he's a regular stand. -up. Yeah, he's and he's like uh, he was a senior partner at a law firm or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's white very thoughtful. Comedy. He's very yeah. He's <laughs> sweet. I met him once at Tahoe. Yeah, no, he went to Princeton. Uh, I mean, I'm just totally <laughs> ruining his. Uh, but I've seen early footage of yeah. him, and he was a totally different person. And then he became that other guy. And I think he did it as part of his stand up and I think it was David Spade who said hey buddy you should just do that 
you know? Right. And that was the beginning. But Red Rednecki is like a bad comedian. It started with, uh, I'm Red Rednecki, the redneck comedian. You ever, you ever fart so loud a dog two state away go, what that? <laughs> <laughs> come and get some. No, wait, that's, that's the catchphrase. Let me see her. And then it. he says, come and get some. <laughs> come and get some. And his thing is he, he pulls his fist in. Come and get some. <laughs> you ever crap so big you don't know gonna get down that turlet? Come and get some. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not a joke. <laughs> None of it is a I joke. I love it, I love it. <laughs> it gets worse. Get down no, no, no but, I, but I like how the second one, the yeah. first one's terrible, and then the second one makes the dog farting, the dog yeah. hearing a fart two like, counties away, actually sound quite crafted. Yeah. It's like three-penny yeah. opera compared to the toilet the one. The second one's just a legitimate concern. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And then it went to... Uh, 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 <laughs> it's a legit. You ever, yeah. you ever start feeling chest pains and then you think <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm having a heart attack? <laughs> come and get some. Come and Wait get a some. Minute. It's very negative, but the come and get some is so positive. You know, I, I'm Red Rednecky, the redneck comedian. I made my sister only because mama turned me down. Come and get some. <laughs> You ever worry that when a child's missing for over three days that maybe they've been abducted and killed? Come and get some. <laughs> Climate these are report just, came out today. These are just, these are just I didn't as know Matt if, says, legitimate concerns. I didn't know how funny it was until I saw you do it. You know? <laughs> my my grandpa, I'm Red, I always have to do that. I'm Red Red Nicky, the Red, red, red comedian. Red, my red, grandpa red, invented the phrase dollars to donuts. Every time he got a dollar, he bought a donut. He died at 37. Come and get some. <laughs> That's kind of a good one. That's a great one. You ever worry that if the earth gets too warm, that all the icebergs will melt and sea levels will rise and we won't be able to have sustainable farming? Come and get some. <laughs> like a long run. My please. mama said, What do you want to, what's your dream, Red? I said, I don't know, live in a shack and drink beer all day. She said, Red, never dream too big because you always end up disappointed. Come and get some. <laughs> kind of a sophisticated That's a good one. one. Yeah. yeah. You ever find a mass in your armpit and you <laughs> let it go for a while but then you take a doctor and you find out the cancer spreads so I turn top Sandler became a fan of this so we were texting back and forth doing this uh-huh. and that's where I came up. It was kind of that idea. It was just I was in my car doing the walkie talkie stuff. You yep, know? yep. Red, red Nicky, the redneck comedian. My doctor said he had to amputate my left foot. I said, can I keep my right foot? He said, sure. I said, come on, get some. <laughs> So it's, it's so positive. It's actually a positive affirmation. Sure, and sure. And people sent us T-shirts because I did it on the other podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I love that kind of stuff. I've got, I got tons of. Now it. let's talk about Spain. Oh, I have one more one. Oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I said to Mama, "What's for dinner?" She said, "Roadkill." I said, "What kind?" She says, "I gotta take a drive. Come on, get some." <laughs> That's actually that kind actually of you yeah. kind of veered into yeah. almost a joke there, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. kind of ruined it for me. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like my only mm-hmm. favorite, and that's what she says, are ones that don't make any sense. Right. Yeah. No, and I like that. I'm gonna those are my, my favorites are, yeah. you know, and I would do this uh, at, at rehearsal for yeah. years. Intentionally, uh, I would just try and think of, the problem mm-hmm. with uh, that's what she said is that it usually works. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It usually kind of makes sense. Right. But you have to really work hard for someone to say like, well, the, the secret of a plasma screen TV is it uses ion gas, and that's really how it actually 
gets a clearer picture. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. And I would do that sometimes. And I would, people would, I could see sometimes, most people would be like, that doesn't make any sense. But occasionally I'd see, see people could be like, yeah, nailed it. And I'm being like, somehow they're happy. doing the math to connect that to yeah, that's what yeah. she said. What is the classic? That's what she said. Is it just uh, like this is so hard? That's yeah. You're being yeah, yeah yeah. You're being it. really hard yeah. on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're being so hard on me, and now we're having vaginal intercourse. Oh yeah. God! Yeah. Come that's what on. She said. You right. Don't you don't don't Wait, say intercourse. That? I know, but you. Oh, I like ones mm-hmm. that are also way too specific. Here's you're a very unsatisfying lover as a male. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one of my very early stand up really hacky. I got, why does ears, nose, and throat guy have such a specialty? Are there other doctors like that? Yeah, I do balls, toes, and ass. <laughs> Come and get some. Come and get some. <laughs> and that's what she said. Let me talk to you about David Spade because you guys started. Hey, buddy. You guys started a, a podcast, Fly on the Wall. Fly on the Wall, where you talk about SNL. Mm-hmm. And I know someone that- here was a guest. That's right. And, I was a guest. And, and one of our very favorites. Very favorites. And uh, I had a blast talking to you guys. But uh, fantastic concept for a show. You're the uh, best people to do it. And I'm just mm-hmm. curious. You're really getting to know Spade. I know you've known Spade mm-hmm. for a long time, mm-hmm. as have I. What a character. What an unusual fellow. This is your <laughs> chance to talk about Spade without him being in David the room. Spade. Yeah. Uh, well, I met him when he was like 21. I was living with Neilan in Beachwood Canyon. I had not gotten on SNL. Mm-hmm. And then I met him then. He was like the surfer dude from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Had a skateboard. <laughs> hey, buddy. Mm-hmm. Always smart and funny. Then now, to get to know him now, it's it's... It's interesting. He's uh, uh, he's he's kind of ultimately he's like a gentle person underneath. Yes, you know, yeah. there's no really um, anger about him. You know, I think he's had a good life. I mean, he's uh, I think he's I, done. Yeah. he's one of those people who think, if I'm not wrong, has done many of the things he wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? He, I don't think there's a lot of repression there. He's Fred Wolf, who knows him very well, to your point, yeah. said, yeah, he loves his life. He has a beautiful mansion. Mm-hmm. It's got an elevator in it. And there's a little protein bar in the elevator because he has hypoglycemia. So he, in case the elevator got stuck, he would have something to eat. <laughs> what? He yeah. keeps wow. a protein bar? They're all, they're How everywhere. high is the mansion? Is it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're making it sound like, well, it's a nine minute ride up to the top. <laughs> Driveway was so long, I had to stop at a shell station along the way. Okay? <laughs> took like 40 minutes to get to the main. Carter, no, he's got a, quite a quite a house. It's, yeah. uh, I would get scared. I rented a mansion once in Malibu, and it terrified me. I didn't like coming out and seeing a 100-foot-long hallway. <laughs> I just thought something is out there trying to kill me. Right. <laughs> Don't you like, I mean, yeah. yeah There's I just, like a suit of armor in the hallway. You know, that, you're, you're not that kind of guy. I don't really want or need anything. I'm just completely what are you, Johnny too. Appleseed? <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> now, can we connect Johnny, Johnny Appleseed? Appleseed? Apples, balls, seeds, sex. I think it kind of works. <laughs> Sorry, on. so that you tried real hard. That's what she you said. Trying. I just I, I, I have no needs. You're describing no. yourself. Of course no, I'm you not do. A Jesuit priest. I'm fascinated by the fact that I don't want more things. I know I have no idea really why. 
I don't really, this is probably 10 years old. They don't even make these anymore. You, let's tell, because I'm just trying to teach you about podcasts. You're gesturing now to your shirt. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> God, who are the listeners going, what's going on? I can't see. I love you just said, I've had this. It'd be really funny if you had gestured no, to right. a solid gold watch. I've had this for like two years and I still hang on to it. I then, you're this, an, then you're an asshole. I, the fact that it's a t-shirt. A gap yeah. t-shirt. Okay, there Do you go. Do you ever have a shirt? you really like or some address or anything and yeah. then they discontinue it so now you go to the gap to buy the t-shirt and it's like five times as thick yeah but th this is stretched out i know this doesn't look good when I first got it, it was like that because you know the neck does what it wants when it wants to you know my neck <laughs> took a shit when i was 25 <laughs> my neck said see ya. my neck said you know what i'm getting crepey and i'm getting saggy and i'm doing it right now you're gonna want to wear a fucking turtleneck your whole fucking because it all happened down here. I'm telling you, a lot of people in this town oh, get self-conscious about the throat as we age. It gets mm -hmm. sort of waddly and they do all kinds Would of you things. Have, you know what no. I'm going to do? I've not touched this. This is a Conan throat circa 1963. I'm just going to start wearing giant Doctor Who scarves. Just <laughs> long, really long wraparound. Yarn. That's what, and I'll wear them on the, at like 110 degree temperature. A lot of women do that. By the way, full circle to David Spade. Spade has a short neck and a strong chin, so there's nothing going on down there. <laughs> I have a neck that's so long and so thin that when I took HBO took pictures of me for a special and Gervitz called me and goes, why are they doctoring your picture? They're making your neck look like you're a fucking giraffe. I go, I don't think it's doctored. I think that's how long my neck is. Mark Gervitz, and again, I'm going to explain to people Mark out there. Mark Gervitz, my manager. Your manager oh, who manages God. a lot of people. I've known Gervitz forever. Yes, he's a real character. He's a, he's uh, an absurd character. Uh, I love him. I love him. But, uh, he's Mr. Show Business. He is Mr. Show Business. <laughs> and... Uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't like that. Hey, yeah, he's turning into the pit bull. They're calling him the pit bull, which they used to call Bobby Slayton the pit bull. The pit bull of comedy. Yeah. Now, Kirby's the pit bull of managers. Bobby but Slayton, uh, on the old late night show, um, he was this comedian who was, I guess, was he from, am I going to say he's from Boston? Was he from- San Francisco. Uh, oh, wait. So why am yeah. I thinking? But he had this- Oh, but it's I very think East Coast. He's from I, New York. Yeah, he's yeah. from New York. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And so I think of San Francisco comics like yourself as being people that- the audiences there are very nurturing, and so you can develop really silly comedy. Yeah. And then there are these comedians that come from parts of Boston or New York where it's like they really had to do their stand-up at like the bottom of the East River right. and amuse uh, an oily eel, or they would, or they would yeah. die, or yeah. they would die. Oh, yeah. So sometimes these comics would come on my late night show, and I'd be saying, well, this is in the early days, in the early 90s, and I'd be saying, oh yeah, our next guest is you know Bobby Slayton or someone like that, and they yeah. would come rushing out, yeah. and they would basically anger. just anger, and it was all like, who the fuck do you think you were <laughs> <laughs> and start yelling at my crowd, and I could see our crowd just starting to cry. Practically, oh, why did, is this man yelling at did us? Did I do uh, angry East Coast comics? No, I don't it's, think so. It's New York or Boston. Angry. So. This guy. I like the premise of a guy who's his idea is predicated on being angry and disappointed who becomes incredibly successful but still has to conjure up anger. <laughs> you know what drives me fucking nuts? <laughs> fucking meter mates, you know? Driving a fucking golf cart around, paying my ticket drives me nuts. How you doing? I got, you know, I got property. You know, I got some condos in Santa Monica. I got a castle in Switzerland. What's your net worth? About 150 million. But you know what drives me out of my fucking mind? <laughs> Convertibles. Put a fucking wolf on the <laughs> 
<laughs> you're driving around with no fucking roof. You, you, know, you know what drives me nuts? What's Cyclone that? fences. What? Get a fucking fence. What do you got? Holes in the thing? So you're saying you're worth about 150 million? I got about 150 million large. I just bought an apartment building on the west side. It's looking pretty good. Would it's you say? Close would you say 40. most of your dreams in life have come true? Yeah, you know, I own a lot of property. I'm yeah. pretty much set. You wow, know, I got really I got great. a G5. I fly in that. I go sounds to Europe incredible. Direct. And you're you're happily married. And you got kids and everyone's healthy. Everything's good. So but what's bugging you these days? What's driving me nuts? You know what drives me out of my fucking mind, what's ladies that? and gentlemen? Tables. <laughs> You can't, you can't hold a beverage? You gotta put a fucking beverage on a fucking table? Hold your fucking drink. Drives me out of my mind. Now I gotta go to, I gotta go get my suit fit and I'm buying a $10,000 suit. But you know what drives me out of my mind? Skull. What's that? What's that? Cotton candy. <laughs> Is it a food product? Is it air? What the air. fuck? <laughs> I love that the more stuff that happens great for this guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And hey, then, guess what? You just, uh, yeah. Through some weird codicil in an old manuscript, you now own most of Maui. We just realized, and so it's been ceded to you. It's now you. You now own all of Maui, and you get to own it, yeah. and you can sell it if you want. You're now the yeah, richest man island. in the world. I got an island, but you yeah. know what drives me out of What's my that? out of my mind? What's that? Curly fries. <laughs> <laughs> fucking have a straight fly. What am I gonna do with a fucking circle? Fucking, what do you do with a curly fry? Give me a regular fucking fry. Drives me nuts. I'm buying a yacht. You know, this is un- this is unprecedented. Uh, I just got word, and no human uh, and has ever been told this in the history of civilization, but I've just been told that uh, there has been direct communication with God, and you are going to heaven, and you will enjoy heaven uh, in the entire afterlife for all eternity. All of your dreams and wishes will come true, and you'll see all your loved one. It's been verified. You're going to heaven no matter what. <laughs> You, do. <laughs> you know what drives him out of my fucking mind? Yeah, uh-huh. Spatulas. <laughs> you can scrape it with a spoon or a regular knife. A spatula is nothing. It's a big old fucking knife. We call it a fucking... Drives me out of my fucking mind. That's now, great. Pardon me. That's great. I always feel, in a weird way, I'm swearing a lot. No, no, no. That's okay. Don't worry about it. What is this for Nick at Night? Take it easy. That's very no. You know what? No, but you know what? It's it is funny because the person it makes me think about sometimes it's it's almost touching a little on Seinfeld unintentionally. But you know the way everything Mm -hmm. has gone right for him in every way possible. But he but he's yeah very wealthy and beloved and Mm -hmm. everything always goes his way. But he still has to go like you know I got a problem. You're like, you really don't. You yeah, really don't that's have a problem. True. You know what I mean? More benign than this character, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, he's not mad, but yeah. it's just he's still got to come up People with stuff. People are annoying. <laughs> Jerry, is there anything wrong? Do you have any problems? No. Is anything sad? Yeah, but he's... Uh, He's, he and Leno, oh, sorry. That's Whoops. okay. Well, oh, come on. What are you talking ah, about? It's been 11 years. People he with passed uh, away. has ways of <laughs> living. They haven't told him yet. Just people with like, way, you know, Jerry was always kind of, he's like maybe two years older than me, but he was very much kind of in a 
superior position, put it that way, or like yes, a yes. father figure, yeah, you know, yeah. because Jerry was such a scientist about doing stand-up and, you know, well, you need more punchlines, check your setup, you know, he would advise you. I don't know what character this is. I, <laughs> I blew my voice out on the other guy. You don't trust me fucking nuts, you're on a fucking podcast. The guy set you up for a half hour, your vocal cords are shredded, you got another 45 minutes. Whenever I think about Jerry, it just always goes back to, who are these people? That's yeah. I always go to that for some reason. I'm not saying that's a good Jerry Seinfeld, because it isn't, but I just was like, who are these people, you know, who are making these sneakers? I went for the, I don't know if I did this on our deep dive, but I do like doing it because it's such such a non sequitur. Jerry Seinfeld as a serial killer. Uh-huh. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm going to take out your pancreas and cut around here. <laughs> then we're going to go right in there. You know that other rhythm he does? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I'm the guy to be president. I think I can cut out this. We'll take your kidneys. Go like that. So, so. <laughs> oh That's that, <laughs> that other rhythm because it's like, who are these people is up here. Uh-huh. And then it's the guy who goes down here. I think I can do that. So That's the one right. layer that I think Jimmy Fallon should do because he does an incredible. Yeah, he does a great one. So anyway, you've been great. Uh, I've also recorded this. Conan O'Brien has been my guest today. Oh, that's right. You should have just recorded this for your podcast. It would uh, I, yeah, I should have pressed but record. You know, here, here, here's my uh, question. You guys, um, you and David, because we mm-hmm. end up talking a lot on this show about SNL because I talk to people who are on and, the show. And Howard Stern does it. So yeah, and it's a fun thing it. to yeah. do. But you guys have um, uh, this great perspective on that show and you talk to all kinds of people who've hosted it over the years. Yeah. And um, I know you talked to Tom Hanks, who've, who's hosted yeah. it like 75 times. And SNL. Hanks, yeah. And, and he, he seemed to have like an almost eerily incredible memory about everything. Yes. Like, uh, you know, you talk to a lot of people and they can't remember. I can't remember sketches I wrote. And people will tell me, you Hanks. wrote that sketch. And I'll, and I'll think, I guess I did. It's been a long time. He remembers... Yeah. Everything he ever did on he, SNL. He, Spade did a sketch with him when he hosted, and it got cut, and it had a song, and Hanks remembered everything, and the song. And then Hanks is quoting Chris Rock's Nat X bits. Oh, Nat X, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, an unbelievably enthusiastic person. Uh, he was just jumping jumping all over the place. I, I mean, I, I really got, you know, when you do an interview with someone, maybe on Zoom as well, you get to know them in a certain, it's very intimate in a way, because it's almost like you're staring at them the whole time. Right, right. This is so much more kind of casual. But I, I remember like. my memory of Tom Hanks hosting uh, the years that I was there was that he would come in and he was like a kid in a candy shop. Yeah. He was delighted. And he would stay up late at night and wander around mm-hmm. and talk to all the writers and get very enthusiastic and pitch ideas. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's really amazing because he has retained that level of enthusiasm yes. through an unprecedented amount of success. You know, he is the closest thing we have to a Jimmy Stewart today, a William Holden. I mean, just like he is yeah, the I movie star in America, in my opinion. And Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. yeah and, no. and he's, uh, and yet he still, has I think if he went and hosted SNL today, he'd be that enthusiastic and giddy. Oh, he went crazy. I just asked him, you know, 60s kids stuff, you know, Super Bowl or Slinky. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and he, he goes, well, Super Bowl, you lose it in a second because it would fly. It was a yeah. ball that would just go. Slinky, just all tied up. And he's just jumping up and down. He's going crazy. <laughs> I asked him about movies he liked as a kid. I said, what about Jason the Argonauts? And he literally, hey, Jason the Argonauts, ah! I mean, it's just like- That's uh, so funny because where, a similar yeah. guy is Jeff Goldblum. He brought up that exact we, film. We were just talking really? yeah. to yeah. Jeff Goldblum and he was describing his 
childhood uh, in Pittsburgh in the 60s. And oh, he okay. mentioned Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. And, you know, he's a similar vintage as Hanks. And mm -hmm. they're just guys that loved, I think, so much about their childhood and about their era. And they're enthusiasts. They're enthusiasts for a certain kind of cereal like Quisp and Quake right. that used to exist back then. Yeah. My, in my mind, I don't know what the literal definition of formative years, but I, I think the, the end of innocence is maybe at 12 or 13. So between four or five and 12 all things being equal, they just they they really hit your brain. It's indelible. Like someone like you, you're a little you're down a little bit for me. So anyway, get smart. You would have liked that. I love Get Smart. Yeah. I, mean, I saw these things in reruns. I didn't yeah. get to see them. A lot of me too. So I'm a really a 70s kid mm -hmm. and these shows are canceled, but they're showing them on reruns and reruns yeah. are there. You know, we didn't have we had one, as you know, one uh, half of 1% of the amount of entertainment that exists today on a daily basis. Yeah, there's just three networks and they're making some shows and mm -hmm. every now and then there's a decent one. But the, they would show reruns of shows yeah. like Get Smart, which is still, I think, one of the funniest television shows of all time. And uh, Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks. Mel Brooks yep. is a driving force behind it. And yeah. it was a takeoff um, uh, on uh, sort of the James Bond phenomenon. That show was so well done, so fantastic, that years later, mm -hmm. um, I got to meet Don Adams, who was the star. He played Agent Maxwell Smart. Don Adams, yeah. And I got to meet him and I, I my mind melted. <laughs> my mind completely melted that I had a chance. Because as I've said before many times here, um, when I get to meet somebody that was on my television screen when I was a little boy, yeah. nothing's bigger than that. No, it's completely surreal. Who was, I mean, who was the person that w would you say, I mean, you know, you mentioned Jonathan Winters, but as you were going along, you must have, I know you met some huge movie stars who've been- Well, I met Kirk Douglas and Burt Lancaster. Right, And right. their last movie that they did together. And that, right before I got SNL, I got cast in that movie. Right. So for me, those were like, I don't know. For kids today, would it be Brad Pitt and somebody? I don't know. Just incredibly huge. I don't want to make stars. you feel uncomfortable, but I was that age when you were on Saturday Night Live and oh. you were a god to me. And I used to repeat everything Whoa. you did to my family. Really? Yeah. And oh, I, you were. Can, do you want to hang out? Or? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Dana, Dana, you know that. You know that, right? Uh, you get that all the time. <clears throat> I've. And so, I'm I want you to be uncomfortable, but you should. No, I. I you, you know, should, as you know that's that. Very, that's you know very that. Very happy. Oh, it's you, true. You that's, know that I'm an advocate uh, for therapy, and I think a good therapy. Uh, yes. I think a a good um, therapy for you is to because I I know you're the type of personality I'm somewhat familiar with it who wants to push away mm. good things because uh, we have that weird Irish distrust. Let's not let's not right. let that settle. This guy's gonna fall in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I if I take in a good feeling, mm -hmm. it will it will mean that it's immediately followed by absolute horror well, and shame. I, but you should yeah. take that. You need to take that in that you are that person. I to will so many people. say that that still is the greatest rush because you know I don't think you stopped being motivated by fame and money a long time ago. I mean, right? It's always <laughs> about, talking about? No. landing the <laughs> joke or r doing well, mm -hmm. right? That's just the driving force, always. I just, yeah, I mean, it's a compulsion, but that's mm -hmm. all it is. It, to me, it's total, put me in any other period in history and I'm immediately beheaded. Yeah, I did I'm the, immediately beheaded. the Cary Grant episode, the last one, right? Just if he'd, yes. you know, yeah. the handsome movie star, if he was yeah. born in 1820 in Prussia. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm so good looking and I have an incredible voice, but I'm a peasant in Prussia. <laughs> <laughs> 
If only there was a way to make my face bigger so people could see me all over the world. And all I got to do is stand there and be handsome and talk really weird. I'd, I'd make tons of money. Get back to work, comrade Grant. There is no such thing. I don't even know what you are talking about. Now rake the fucking corn. Sorry. No, but I've thought about the exact same thing many times, which is me in a field in Ireland yeah, 150 years ago doing the string dance and going, check this out, everybody. It looks like I have invisible strings on my... You fucking get back to work! <laughs> Move the fucking stones! Uh, oh, yeah, I used to do a bit about what would a, like a ventriloquist in Vegas now makes like 40 million a year. <laughs> what if it was like the year 1200 in mm -hmm. London or something? Well, what can you, what is your, what, is, what can you do for the king? You have any skills of the masonry or can you till the field or, you know, well, I, I can chalk without moving me lips. <laughs> <laughs> Start without moving it. What kind of sorcery is this? Of course, you have to move your lips to create the sound for the larynx to create words. <laughs> Show us this magic. So, anyway, that's then, fantastic. Oh, I can do it without moving my lips. Better work presentations are possible. They're called Canva presentations. You can supercharge your work decks with Canva presentations. Sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Just yeah. start with a prompt and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds or with a stunning template and add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from their massive media library. You save time and you wow your audience. Mm -hmm. I have never made one of these presentations and I never will, but there's a reason why Canva <laughs> is used by 90% of the Fortune 500 companies. 90%. That's a lot of percent. Yeah, let's get it to 100%, guys. Come on. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations by heading to canva.com. Designed for work. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone. <laughs> Cuckoo, there's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it, it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Think about all the stuff you've done, and it's these little pieces that float out there. And now, this is the other thing I'm grateful for. We live in a world where people used to have a whole body of work that was 
that could last 30 years in television, but mm -hmm. if it was on Kinescope, and yeah. then later on it was on tapes, a lot of them were thrown away, and it doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that this stuff is, Everywhere. I just know, I just love when stuff is online, uh, and, mm -hmm. and it might tickle somebody anywhere in the world, they might find it at any point. I don't, it, that, that makes me happy. I think comedy, and I would say music is, is similar. It's just if someone does something funny just once, if I see him on a TV or a film, something that really hits me, then I'm kind of like a fan. I, I don't even need more. Just one bit, one sketch, anything. And then if I get more, it's great. But I, I think people sharing catchphrases and rhythms and stuff, because that kind of was my stock and trade or still is in a way. Because now hopefully it'd be like, you know what drives me nuts? You know, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, I think it's cathartic and it's it's uh, it's a way to communicate. My peer group in high school and college were all people with similar senses of humor. And it was then it was we are the knights who say, neat. you know, it was Monty Python. Right, exactly. Can I tell you something? I'll share something about that. that Please this is do. very embarrassing. Yeah. I was in a play in high school and I had a monologue and I threw in Dana Carvey doing George Bush mm -hmm. in this monologue that had no, it was set Just in, in Naples, Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and it brought the house down and I got applause just for stealing your bit. And that's how big a fan I was. <laughs> that uh, that was a good bit to do. I mean, but you didn't steal it. Oh, you, well, it was it an was, homage. It was yes, an homage. Homage, but in no context for this to be in there in a million years. These were Italian. Do you remember what the, you said? Did you go, not gonna do it? I did the not gonna do it. Not gonna put the hands together <laughs> and the audience just went crazy because, you know, let's be honest, they were there to see a high school play and it probably wasn't doing it for him. And then they see a little bit of Dana was, Carvey and the world just, just it was joyous. Well, well look yeah. what happened. I mean, the, the president, President Bush at that time would say, you know, not gonna do it and wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. <laughs> and then four years later, it's like, not gonna do <laughs> You know, it was extenuated into madness, well, that's, which is what, that's I, the, what I love. That's the school of uh, impression that um, that I think that, that you exemplify. And then when we were doing uh, Clutch Cargos on my show oh, I love uh, in the 90s love. and and Robert would be the lips, the whole idea was not to do an accurate impression. Yeah. And and we're always uh, tipped a cap to you, which is this, these are Dana Carvey impressions. So- um, I've heard people, I've heard, you know, <laughs> Bill Hader does a very accurate Arnold Schwarzenegger and Arnold was not accurate at all. <laughs> and it was like, you know, and, and, and that made me really laugh. And the fact that it was um, a cartoon, you know, Clutch Cargo was a cartoon, yeah. but all of that, I, I, you know, learned from you, stole from you. It was just, it was just, it's much more fun mm -hmm. when, uh, when you look at, uh, when you look at a human being and then you treat them like silly putty and stretch them way <laughs> out. So when I was at SNL, I watched, you know, George H.W. Bush just said, well, we're not going to do it, you know, and that was mm -hmm. it. And you kept, I saw you, <laughs> the years that I was there yeah. with you, you kept stretching it and stretching it. And then I was like, I, I got that. <laughs> oh, you totally. Can't, you can't start there. No. You kept taking people with you. And to me, it was almost like someone who is working on your ligaments to slowly <laughs> stretch them over a five-year period. You got people to the point where that's that's what they thought George yeah. Bush Sr. was because you took them on that ride. 
And those rhythms just made me laugh as I was doing them. I think I would have got bored if I hadn't. But when you do the cold open in SNL, it's a lockdown shot. So that's the only time you could ostensibly improvise because mm -hmm. they, had, they had the camera blocking. You could just go off. So I knew when I did the hands, not gonna do it or coming at you. Sometimes <laughs> if they went for it, I would do like 30 seconds of just hand gestures yeah. that George Bush Sr. never did. Right. But of course, I did so many events with him after the fact. And we became friends and we would do that together and we did the classic thing where I was on stage and I'm going I got that and I got that wouldn't be prudent and he's slowly walking up behind me <laughs> and I'm supposed to don't know he's there and they That's go great. crazy but um, yeah I love it when I see people do exaggerate impressions and have fun with them and make them even better than they actually are. I love when I see that too. Hey, kindred spirit. Well, no, <laughs> I think it's it's, <laughs> the, it's kind of the desire to be, um, I think I really think of myself and I think of you as we're cartoon characters. We're, we were born human, but we always aspire, <laughs> aspire well, to be a cartoon character. And so we like to stretch things out and we I, like to, I don't know. I, I wonder, you know, I think that the touchstone for everyone, usually comedians, was a peer group in high school mm -hmm. where you we'd all start to get silly. And so in junior college, they were always smoking pot before I even tried it. Right. And they were the best audience in the world. And so then you did it more and more and more and it got sillier and sillier and more abstract. So it seems like it's just sort of mayhem. It's disorganized. The people subconsciously, they know that you're having fun with it. You know, when, when Robert would break, too, when he did Clutch Cargo. Oh, always. Robert. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very infectious, you know. I remember when I, Robert would also take a piece of black tape to, cause, uh, to be Ar Arnold. Arnold has a little gap in his front teeth. Mm -hmm. So Robert would just take a little piece of electrical tape because <laughs> yeah. all you could see was Robert's lips. And he'd put mm -hmm. it over the center of his teeth. And what would happen is he'd be doing his over the top Schwarzenegger. And the tape would start to come off. Right. And then he'd put his finger in to try and push it back. But the finger's coming up to where the lips are on the clutch cargo. And then I remembered once, I don't know why, this is not even a good joke or anything, but he's playing Schwarzenegger and he and as governor, and he was said something like and I and he said a terrible idea, and I just ad-libbed. I said, Oh my god, that's garbage. And Robert, with the electrical tape sticking out now completely out of his mouth like, you know, coming out at the camera. It's no longer a gap. I just said, oh, that's garbage. And he said, you're garbage. <laughs> and I don't know why I think about that. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I just saw, I just spent like a whole day with Robert the other day. And I, for some reason, every now and then I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll just be staring at the field and I'll just hear, you're garbage. <laughs> well, to so the stupid. point of, Arnold, like, so when Kevin Nealon and I, this is yeah. inside baseball for, when we started doing Hans and Franz, we both were sort of basic Arnold. Yeah. Yeah, we are here to pump you up. And I'm doing that too. We're here to pump you up and the girly man and all these things and your buttocks are like marshmallows. You're lucky we don't <laughs> yeah. have a campfire here. You know, which is one of the great lines. Yeah. I could flick you with my little finger and you would fly across the room and land in your own baby poop. You know? <laughs> so, it was just, so what happened was is I my normal thing is to get bored and extend it, but they would paint black enamel between your teeth. Yep. So you didn't want to smear it. So I'd walk around with this little grin on my face and I looked in the mirror and then the coy the guy smirk, kept, the smirk oh. and got. then a few episodes later Hans was a little more langorious <laughs> <laughs> oh 
you are flabulosa. You, we should stretch the flab of your back into the shape of a rope ladder so you could crawl back down in the sewer because that's why losers live. So that, then we you, became yin and yang with Yeah, Kevin. you got this weird, it's like Bav- Bavarian smirk uh, to your voice. We're so superior and so muscular. So you know, that that was a nice juxtaposition. I, uh, and this is another little secret backstory, which is that uh, at the time, there was interest in a Hans and Franz movie. Well, who wrote that movie? Well, we're going to talk about that. So <laughs> what happens is Robert, you guys enlisted Robert. Robert mm-hmm. said, uh, I think Conan should help me. Mm-hmm. And so the next thing You're I know- You're always great with Hans and Franz. Yeah, and the next thing I know, I'm in a room with Robert. And um, this, is, I don't know, this is a long time ago, but I'm in a room with Robert, some studio lot, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you and Kevin, yeah. and it's the four of us. And mm-hmm. it became, because we're idiots, it became a musical. And so it was the Hans and Franz musical. Mm-hmm. And of course- We had songs. And the whole idea was that it was going to be uh, starring special guest star and major focus of the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger at the height. Yeah. Like height, height of like everything he does is a, is a major massive mm-hmm. global hit. Mm-hmm. We were just- this is going to happen. And so mm-hmm. we wrote this whole script. Hans and Franz, The Girly Man Dilemma. The Girly Man Dilemma. And it was just this insane, and it had songs and, uh, you know, Arnold's a cartoon version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And then you were, Hans and Franz revere Arnold and try mm-hmm. and come and find him. And we had all these, I mean, I don't remember most of it. Well, uh, we start out in Bavaria or something yeah, in yeah. a little town where everyone is very muscular. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone sings songs as they're oh. working. Muscle, muscle, <laughs> muscle. And then we do a Wizard of Oz goodbye. We're yes. going to God. Hollywood to Holly- see Arnold. Oh, yeah. it's not too late. It's, Let's it's do it. It's clearly understood. Well, very pumped up, but not as much as Right, you know, and this, whatever, this was know. Arnold pre, I mean, he's absolute Mega kind of movie star, star and he's, um, it's the Hummer, it's the giant mm-hmm. cigar, it's that whole Arnold, and you guys go to find him, and then you get to see where Arnold lives, which is this insane, so it was almost like Pee Wee's Playhouse, but instead of- yeah. Uh, Paul Rubens, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and then it's these, and so, we, and it has songs and dances and crazy. You remember the doors to the front of his house? What, what were they? They were just two gigantic buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you opened two buttocks, two really taut, well-muscled buttocks to get into his house. Yeah. How far did this get? Uh, well, well, we so got anyway, the script written. So we got the script written and then we heard, oh, it's a really funny script. And, and then the next thing I knew there was a meeting mm-hmm. with all of us. And Arnold. And Arnold. Mm-hmm. And it was in, at an outdoor restaurant in yeah. Venice. Yeah. And I remember he came and he hadn't quite committed yet, but he was, uh, I mean, I just couldn't believe I was seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger because <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, a lowly writer. And here he is at this table. And I think they went around and said, this is, he's like, Dana, you know, and Kevin, good to yeah. see you. And then he knew you guys. And then it was like, and this is Robert. And this is, you know, Conan, bah. You know, he's not the Conan. I am Conan. Okay. But. <laughs> and he's like, you this is, you guys are really going down, down with this. This is the very, very fun, you know, this is like some crazy stuff. You Yes. Wrote. He was very much kind of, uh, oh, you, this is kooky. Who wrote this part, Conan? Because this really I made don't, me I laugh. I don't, I won't remember. 
Arnold has a war room in his basement. Remember, he's a huge movie star, so he's got a big board with all <laughs> all the studios yeah, like Monopoly. There's there's uh, Warner Brothers. There's Paramount. He has a little thing. Sony. He's, he's pushing care. Yeah, Bruce Willis is going to Paramount to shoot an action picture. We'll counter with a sort of <laughs> kindergarten cop over at Warner's. He was just pushing his, <laughs> like his movie star war room. I did love that. But you joke. know what? He ended up choosing. I think he chose Last Action Hero. <gasps> it was, like, that, or maybe that spooked him. I'm not sure. No, or no, no. What happened it. was, yeah. I think he had a, oh, yeah, maybe or that's self-reverential. Or else, yes, or else Last Action Hero came out mm-hmm. just as we had pitched this, and we were trying to be funny, and that was a movie where Arnold's being right. tongue-in-cheek yeah. tongue about being an action star, then it didn't work out well, and so that that blew up, Ugh. and well, it just went away. we had a scene where... Um, you see Kevin and I as Hans Franz water skiing you know, like this, and then you cut and it's Arnold is swimming. He's pulling them. <laughs> so, so then four years ago, they want to do a Hans and Franz commercial for the Super Bowl. So I just harvested some of that sure. and told them about it. So in it, we wanted to have, um, it was Aaron Rodgers yeah. swimming, but he was kayaking and we were water skiing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Great. So we used some of it. But, sure. Uh, I did Robert really, and I get paid, we're uh, good. I had a little, I had a feeling <laughs> Whoops. I had a feeling. <laughs> I was a little worried that it was so Arnold heavy that if he didn't do it, then it would the boat would sink. You know, because it was. I remember that Hans and Franz went to Chinese Grauman's Theater and were just laughing their asses off at the little, look at Gary Cooper's little feet. <laughs> Tiny little, <laughs> look at the little hands of John Wayne. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was funnier than hell. Look at the, look who we had. Conan, come oh, on. Oh, man. Smigel. I mean, we had the A-team of A-writers. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure I mention, and I know we're going to talk about fly this on the wall. later. Fly on the Wall, Fatal or podcast. Fly on the Wall is with you and, uh, and David, Mr. David and David, David Spade. Yeah, and we I shouldn't just say we're really good friends. We, I, I would go 10 years of not talking to David. But when I moved back to L.A., we all started going to Koi. David's a man about town. I'm not, but I can walk there. <laughs> and, uh, and he brought he says, you want to go there? I go, you, you have fun tonight. No, anytime. So it has to be there. I get yeah. a meal. Yeah. With with you two, mm-hmm. it's always at the same table. Yeah. At the same sushi restaurant. Yes. And I've decided that it's the only place where David Spade will eat. I, I mean, I don't know if he got a coupon like eight years ago and he's still working it off. But I don't like hipster places where you go and the ma- music is too loud. So yeah. anyway, what what are you? How's the podcast going? So yeah. this place is really dark, really quiet, and when we go, really empty. Yeah. And that's what I like because Conan and I we would go there. All the time, yeah. Have these boozy four-hour dinners. Connie would hook up the Uber, <laughs> you know, in the back, and we would just, uh, it'd just be so cool. Oh, but you know quiet. what's fun is you would do my show as a guest, and right. when the show was over, you'd get in the car with me, and I'd drive because it would be yeah. on the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah, we'd finish the the Conan show, or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'd get in my car. Yeah. I'd drive you there. Spade would show up, and then once I think we were there, and Lovitz showed up. Yes. And while we were there, I think he was having a luxury car <laughs> delivered and like a big truck <laughs> pulled up outside Bentley the restaurant. Yeah, and they start, oh, they wow. start backing. He's like, that's my, you know, and, 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 and we were like, what the 
what the fuck? And he goes, is that a Bentley you're getting? And of course, Levitz was like, jealous. <laughs> and, and we, and Who gets a Bentley delivered while they're eating sushi? A Bentley convertible. Yeah. With they jealous? literally backed yes. it down this, this flatbed while we were there eating sushi. Well, I've got to go. My Bentley's here. <laughs> oh my well, that was the one God. time he went, jealous? And I said, yeah. And, and then he totally deconstructed. Go, well, why are you jealous? It's just a car. <laughs> the, whole, the whole character left. He got it. all sad. Jealous? Jealous. Yes. Why? What do you mean? <laughs> is there anything you needed to get to in your The one thing I wanted to last notes? thing I wanted to mention is we're yeah. going to do a, another segment on this and mm-hmm. look out for that. But uh, you have done something for Team Coco, mm-hmm. our evil company that I absolutely love that you developed uh, with your sons. The yep. weird place. Yep. I absolutely, uh, I absolutely love this podcast. It's a great idea. Uh, it comes from a love of Twilight Zone, and one of their childhood friends is also part of our team. Mm-hmm. And he was introduced to the Twilight Zone at our house in the neighborhood up in Marin County because I had all the VHS, you know. Mm-hmm. So love of Twilight Zone. We we realize you can't bring, bring it back without Rod. So that's why we realize it's great for a scripted Rod podcast. Serling, yeah. Rod Serling. So I do Rod Serling. And he's hosting a a show. We don't call him Serling legally, right. but he's Rod, and he hosts the show. And it's an anthology Twilight Zone series with a more of a comedic bent. But, but it's perfect for you yeah. because you get to do. You have such a, a great, uh, crazy animated mind, and you can do all the voices, and you can create these worlds. And all you need mm-hmm. is this narrator telling you, imagine a world, and then you describe yeah. mm-hmm. what's happening. And it's basically, it's it, it to me, it's like what a great improv director says, is imagine there's an island mm-hmm. where there are robots, but they're made of caramel, and it's very hot out. Go. And <laughs> yes. then you can take it off. Take it's it off a great, it, you need to have a narrator. I think scripted podcasting is still in its infancy in terms of, you could say it's old-timey radio from 1947, but people were out in the plains of Kansas. You know, they, they, there's nothing in it for hundred miles. This shadow knows and they're all just hanging around. Sure. But nowadays, if people get confused in a podcast, they're not sure where they are, well, they just drop out. So yep. it's, you have to be relentless. We learned this. It took us a while to kind of go, how do we make this what I like to call crunchy? So every single moment is essential. But for me, just creating characters and doing voices and doing these weird rhythms is, uh, that's just total joy. I mean, I, I'm just loving it. And, well, what, and, and also being able to do, uh, Pathos, which I wouldn't have the guts to do as a stand-up, but there's right. scenes in there that just touch that edge. Sure. And also, it's not cynical, it's not sexual, it's not violent. It's retro. And because somebody has a deal with HBO Max that owns the Warner Brothers library, uh, we get to use all this great old music oh. that's very oh. Twilight Zoney and very symphonic and beautifully lush like Bernard Herrmann and stuff. Oh. And the young people are liking it as much as the older people. I'm gesturing like with an AOK sign <laughs> as if I'm, I, I did a movie once, it was horrible. Sometimes movies are so bad, I watch them and I go, God, this is so bad, I could be in it. <laughs> wasn't my fault. But this guy would look at the monitor and he would like conduct the monitor, like as right. if he was an orchestra guy yeah. and cut. And it was just crap. You know, yeah. It's like, yeah. Anyway, long story. Uh, anyway, well, we're going to take a quick break. You are a, uh, oh, it's not a break. <laughs> this is over. Uh, you are a terrific friend and, um, and I, and I second Matt, have- what Matt Gorley said, which is when I showed up at SNL, 
you were the one of the first people to come in and say hi to me. You could not have, you were just a massive star. You could not have been nicer. You've always been that guy. And I you love too. you. I love you. And I'm I just really too. happy that you're just, here. I'm happy that you're here and you're being, you're just killing it. You're still being so funny all the time. I love that I have a podcast studio I can go visit. So, so <laughs> close just, by. Just call ahead. <laughs> call ahead. Yeah. I don't love you that much. She's just good. You find that, you know, Sandler's always been very sentimental like that, even when you're younger. Hey, car, I love you. you know, I love your car. You know, it's a little like not. I'm not ready for that yet. I'm a Lutheran. I'm, I'm my third. <laughs> but now it's like, yeah, I love you. I love you. Yeah, love yeah, you. yeah. You We're know, all just, getting sentimental. As yeah, well, yeah, you just it's just it's an organic thing. But it's a nice thing to say. God rest his soul. You know, they go to the stars. They go, to the stars. <laughs> go full circle, positive, full circle, all and right. out. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sona Movsesian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.